Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in Young Black Travelers broadcast. Today, we'll be talking about a heavy hitter topic, holding the Caribbean accountable. So stay tuned. So welcome again to this episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. Today, we have with us joining again we're all talking remotely thank god for technology so we have a very special guest with us today melissa introduce yourself to our listeners (laughs) yeah well first thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be a part of the young black travelers podcast i'm melissa noel i am a proud guyanese american award-winning journalist who, um, and Caribbean correspondent. I focus and center a lot of my work around the Caribbean region and diaspora to not only increase the coverage in mainstream media, but increase equitable coverage of our diaspora and mainstream news. So I am very happy to be here. Yes, (laughs) say that. I love it. I love it. Wow. Thank you, Melissa, for joining us for this conversation on holding the Caribbean accountable. And I'm a little bit rude. Um, we have another um, one of our Young Black Travelers teammates on this podcast. And we have in. Yeah, it's Chrisanne. Chrisanne, scale everyone up. I'm here. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, you're you're I, here. Finally. If you're able to hear this, that's because I did a good job at marketing. I am the lead marketer for Young Black Travelers Blogcast. We have a blog and a podcast and an Instagram and a Facebook and all the work. So I'm glad to join this conversation today. Yes, yes. And I, I, I saw it fit to have Chrisanne on this conversation with us today. And Chrisanne is going to be on a lot more of the podcasts that we have Oof. in the next few months. Um, nice. Yes, thank you. But I, I, I saw it fit to have Chrisanne on because, you know, interestingly, Melissa and myself, uh, well, Chrisanne and myself ran into Melissa at a New York Times travel show. Uh, but the story goes before the New York Times travel show, I had known of Melissa because I'm Vincentian and Melissa talk about covering the Caribbean and Melissa had actually covered the opening of the Argyle International Airport. And that's where I actually saw and listened to Melissa's coverage for the first time. So that's how Chrisette and I ran into Melissa at mm-hmm. the New York Times travel show. <laughs> so that's well, how we finally... <laughs> we, not actually at the show itself, but yes. rarely there is this Thai restaurant that's nearby uh, the Java Center, which is where the New York Times travel show is usually hosted in January. And I'm like, Asher, we got to go to this place. Every time I'm around this area, we got to go to this Thai place. It's mm-hmm. cheap. The obvious is nice, and it's true. Um, I can't remember the name. I think it's Zuzib. If you're ever in the city, Zuzib. Oh, you have a, a good place. memory. I, I tell you. <laughs> I am visual. That's I was I like, remember. woo! <laughs> so I remember. <laughs> Hold on. I remember. Zuzib. Wow. Zuzib. Um, noodles. They they specialize in noodles. So we stepped in, and I can remember Asher saying, do I know her? And Melissa at the time was with Francesca, and I can remember her coat. It was a very nice coat. It was, I think it was a yellow coat, and she was talking about renting room. I have a great memory. You really wow. do. But... But Francesca, who is one girl, one world, uh, was with us. So it was just a very nice 
conversation between Melissa, Asher, I, and Francesca at the time. So, yeah, that's, exactly that's what it was. that's what it was wow especially since the new york times travel show did not allow for that in the actual in their actual setting we had Mm -hmm. it after the fact (laughs) the after party is always kicking always yes so i wanted to ask melissa what was your last trip to the caribbean Oh, wow. This makes me happy and sad at the same time because I don't know when the next one is going to come, you know, because of what's happening right now. But um, my last trip was to Montserrat in March. And I went to Montserrat to cover their annual uh, St. Patrick's Day Festival. Montserrat has a really unique, um, you know, Afro-Caribbean and um, Irish heritage that is widely celebrated on the island. And so I went there to cover it for the second time. I actually had the the great pleasure of covering it in 2019. So I returned for a second year in a row. And what I love so much about the St. Patrick's Festival is because you have that unique culture on Montserrat, you know, you, you, I, Jacques is set to perform and Christopher Martin and just, <laughs> I mean, we had the work, wow. it was the works and the sofa show was going to be so great with Kerwin Dubois. There was just so much happening as well as the parades wow. and um, the shows and things that were going to happen on the island. And then, you know, unfortunately, although there were no cases of the coronavirus um, on the island of Montserrat, at that time and generally they've had a hand just literally a handful of cases only and, mm-hmm. and most, most people have recovered um uh the festivities were literally shut down like the day before the big parade and everything was set to happen the day before like the big concerts and things were supposed to happen wow. weekend, and then oh into gosh. that so i mean it was one of those things where you're like wow i can't believe this took place but, you know, made the best of it. Um, there were other media that were there from Canada, from Trinidad, from other places. And, you know, although we weren't able to um, have the experience and, uh, you know, do the coverage we had expected, we did, you know, want to, uh, we did still have a good time, but then we had mm-hmm. to make our way back to our respective homes because borders were shutting down. So that was always, that's always yeah. a lesson, right? As a, as mm-hmm. a traveler always have that contingency plan or that what if plan in place to be ready to go or move. Um, Because especially with a place like Montserrat where you have to fly into Antigua and either Mm. take a a small plane over to Montserrat or get on the ferry to Montserrat. So there's no other way to the island without passing through Antigua. So if, if Antigua would have shut their borders, Anyone trying to leave Montserrat would have been screwed. So, wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. And I was just about to ask, like, has Miss Rona impacted any of your travel? <laughs> but um, it sounds like she did in a great way. How long yeah. did it take you um, from Montserrat Island to, to get back home after all that? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, the the ferry ride from Montserrat to Antigua is about 90 minutes, um, but it took oh. a bit longer because of the fact that um, there were some, there were health screenings that, you know, took place once we got to uh, Antigua, we were not let off of uh, the ferry immediately as you typically would, we had to, you know, wait and um, 
customs and enforcement only allowed for a certain amount of people at a time. They were checking temperatures. Wow. They wow. were doing health screenings, like all the things that they were supposed to do. And I, I definitely have to just applaud and shout out the Caribbean region for just the wow. sense, with the, the sense of urgency. <laughs> yes. The sense of urgency and swift action, decisive action that they moved with um, across the board. So mm. that's what took, it took, it took about two hours. And then I got on my flight you know, back to New York, uh, you know, from, from Antigua. So um, I, I expected the, the ferry um, experience to take a bit longer, but I also appreciated um, the decisive actions and the serious nature that uh, was taken when it came to the coronavirus. So this was mid-March, wow. you know, um, St. Patrick's Day is what, May, um, March 17th. So, mm -hmm. you know, instead of, you know, enjoying St. Patrick's Day. I was just trying to get home before borders closed. <laughs> oh, and I God. think the borders closed maybe two days after. So um, wow. it was- You made it out. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I did that purposely, right? When you think about being, a, as a traveler, once I knew that Montserrat had canceled all of the remaining St. Patrick's events, like the, the culmination, those major events, I said mm -hmm. to myself, okay, I need to change my ferry ticket because if I didn't and potentially got stuck or a ferry was canceled, that would then, you know, put me in a position where I may or may not get that flight out of Antigua. So I made the choice to change my ferry ticket two days prior to when I had originally scheduled to leave just to avoid any issues once I got to Antigua. I had to overnight in Antigua just to be on mm. the safe side and then get on a flight back. Wow. 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 That, 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 that's, a, that, that's <laughs> quite a journey, Melissa. I mean, but I guess COVID has done that to a lot of people, especially um, come in the beginning periods uh, when borders were closing down. Um, but we're about to close this segment, but I have one last question for you before we close this segment. Which one out of all the islands that you've been is your favorite? <laughs> oh my gosh. I think you're trying to get me in trouble. That's what it oh, sounds like to absolutely. me. Absolutely. We are. <laughs> so, of course, everybody. What I love is that every single Caribbean island is so different, so diverse. And I always like to say, I think it's very important that a lot of people sometimes say, well, you've seen one, seen them all. And that is absolutely false. There are different mm. cultures, characteristics. Um, there's mm. different, uh, there's different, like just the makeup, your topography of your country. Some, some places are, you know, mountainous and hilly. Other are, others are flat. Some of the culture is different. Mm. Even, even just hearing about Montserrat, right? People are like, wait, Irish and African culture. So <laughs> I, I say all of that to say it's hard to choose, but if I had to choose, uh -huh. it's St. Vincent and the Grenadines. It's, that's really my thing. Uh, rolling my Ooh. eyes. <laughs> my and right I'm there. not wow. sanctioned, so this is not biased. This is, mm -hmm. you know, just, just totally based. It's, I'm not, but I'm not of intention. <laughs> She's I'm not of intention. I'm adopted. I'm told I'm adopted, but you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely my favorite. And I say that because from my first mm -hmm. visit, when I covered that opening of Argyle International, Valentine's Day 2017, yes. um, not only did I fall in love with you know, the 32 islands and keys that um, St. Vincent mm -hmm. has to offer. Really, it was the people and how they embraced me. Um, my experience wow. with Vincy Mass was like 
unlike any other, and I've a, been a Mass player my whole life, but I just love wow. the intimacy of Bincy Mass and the experience. Um, wow. And it has really just left the impact on me and in a way that, you know, I think will always stick with me. So I'm adopted now and, you know, it's all good. Welcome, and welcome, <laughs> adopted <Wow>. Bincy. <laughs> and I guess to add to that before we close, um, I guess it's developing news. It actually was just announced today. Um, Sandals Resort Sandals. and I guess beaches are come. They're coming to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So um, we're yes, looking forward that's to major. that. That is major, there. and I think that's major. just a testament to making that making that move with building the airport. Right? It's like if you mm -hmm. build it, they they will come. Right? And in just yes. three years, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. That was the largest. Um, project, economic project in the country's history, and to mm -hmm. see what has happened just in three years, like to have wow. a property like that come into SVG is uh, it's so mm -hmm. huge, not only for the country, of course, but regionally, mm -hmm. that's major. Exactly. I mean, I I, I agree with you, Melissa. Um, obviously, everyone know that I'm Vincentian, so we do know that this is probably going to position St. Vincent and the Grenadines in probably a place that it had I, th I think they, they thought about this, they thought it through, but it's going to position St. Vincent and the Grenadines and the Eastern Caribbean in, in, in a place where it's going to be able to compete for tourists, tourist dollars. Um, people are going to come, as, as obviously, after um, COVID clears and all that. But this is a major move, as Melissa said. Um, and we are grateful for Sandals to come to St. Vincent or to go to St. Vincent because I'm in New York um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to start their or to develop and, and continue their brand name on St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So, yes, Melissa, um, we're going to continue this conversation. So stay tuned. Um, and when we come back, we're going to head into the main conversation on holding the Caribbean accountable. So stay tuned. So welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Again, we have with us today, um, Melissa Noel, and she's an expert on the Caribbean region. She's um, a reporter for One Caribbean um, Television. And, you know, she knows the region very well. So I think Melissa was the perfect person to come in on the Young Black Travels podcast and join us to just talk mm -hmm. about um, holding the Caribbean accountable. And we're, we're this season, we're talking about race. And, you know, we are heading to the Caribbean in this conversation with the whole race conversation. Um, so, Melissa, my first question to you is, how economically dependent would you say the Caribbean islands are on tourism? Yeah, and I thank you for that question. And first, I'd like mm -hmm. to say that, you know, in addition to my work um, in television, I do contribute as an independent reporter to many different platforms, both television and digital, um, mm -hmm. especially in, in when we talk about travel and economic stories. So um, mm -hmm. the Caribbean is often referred to um, as the most tourism dependent region in the in the world. And mm -hmm. that has a lot to do with the fact that 
many of uh, the Caribbean's countries um, within the region, we're talking about 25 plus countries, you know, somewhere along, along those lines are mm -hmm. inextricably linked to tourism. Like they depend on tourism um, very heavily. That's a lot of times the main sector for jobs. Um, and uh, additionally, sometimes uh, for a lot of places, Tourism is what is a really big factor in a country's gross domestic products. So like, mm. let's say Jamaica, for example, you know, tourism accounts mm. for more, uh, just about a, a little bit more than 10% of their gross domestic product. And something like, let's say, Reggae Sumfest that was scheduled to take place uh, this month. It generated mm. literally seven million dollars for the island's economy wow. in 2019. Wow, seven wow. million dollars. <laughs> so you could just and, and that's just one, you know, one festival. Think about carnival, think about major music festivals, you know, let's think about St. Kitts and their festival, Dominica. Mm -hmm. um, when we think about other events that take place in Jamaica throughout the year, Trinidad Carnival, for example, um, all, the creme all the de la creme. <laughs> listen, the mm -hmm. fact that there's no crapola, there's no Vinci mass, you know, mm. um, you know, when even though Jamaica pushed back their carnival to October, it's unlikely that we'll see that take place with COVID still going the way that it is. Uh -huh. um, so when you think about how the how dependent the Caribbean is on these uh, on on tourism economically, it is uh, a uh, a lot of times uh, a really, really big dependency because tourists are, you know, not only is the is the local uh, population there enjoying or investing in these events, uh, mm -hmm. the tourists bring so many dollars, but a lot of people's livelihoods are tied to these very jobs. And so when that True. is upset, you literally upset an entire ecosystem of people's livelihoods. When we think about carnival, it's not just that you can't go and play math. It's the fact that the costume maker, the designers, the promoters, the DJs, mm. the people that work in food service, catering, all those things, all of those people are affected because there's no event. Mm. Wow, wow. So wow. it's critical. It's like their bread and butter. Literally. It is. It yeah, is. literally. It is. Wow. Do you think that resorts or hotels currently do any justice to be inclusive to Blacks? Um, do you think they could do more? You know, I really appreciate that question. And um, I think that it's it's not the, it's, I don't think that it's the point of, do they do a good or a bad job? Because I think that kind of goes with brand to brand or, you know, place to place. What I mm -hmm. do think though, is that the, the model of the all-inclusive that you know mm -hmm. that that model that is seen so um often in the caribbean doesn't do much to actually serve the local people of caribbean mm. countries uh, especially where you have a lot of majority black countries and i say that mm. because when you think about when you think about the stats right so only five out of every 100 dollars that's spent and an all-inclusive vacation package actually stays within that country's economy. You know, mm. about 70% of it leaks, wow. or as, they, as it's called, right, or is lost to the importation of goods and services by these by major hotel brands oftentimes. And so what that does is it creates an environment where even if you're working for this five-star hotel as a as a local person that's working in tourism you're mm -hmm. not really you're not seeing those dollars you're not seeing 
that wealth. And, you know, this is a model that came into the Caribbean in that started about the 1970s. Right. And it was mm. a construct that really came from Europe like that. Mm -hmm. This idea of all inclusive, having everything in one place. That was a European construct. And so, mm. you know, they bring in huge revenue for the region, but who does that revenue really go to, right? It, it, a wow. lot of times it goes to governments and corporations, not to local people. So they're mm. not benefiting from that. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, we're seeing more of the locally owned like boutique hotels, guest houses, you know, uh -huh. eco lodges, those kinds of things where the money is actually going um, back into the hands of the community or you're directly supporting someone that you know, this is their bread and butter and they in turn support their community to get their, you know, catch of the day or to, mm. to send in their produce or maybe it's even, you know, just getting stuff done around the, the, um, the property. So I think it's, it's not the fact that hotels may not be inclusive uh, in terms of black travelers. I think though that the model of, like say the all-inclusive model doesn't serve local people. Wow. And in the way that it in the way that it in the way that it should, because they wow. don't see that wealth. Wow. Wow, that's a good point. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Thank you. Wow. But I I'm just curious with everything that's going on, especially with the pandemic, that's been a huge impact. Um, like you said before, um livelihoods are tied into the tourist aspect and events that are being canceled right now like i don't know if everyone has seen that post already with trinidad where they say oh we're gonna have carnival in 2021 but it's only for locals <laughs> and everyone was upset mm -hmm. and angry because that is a huge thing people take off time work and and book hotels in advance and they have even over here, there's people who are models that would model for a lot of the costumes before you even pick your team and everything. Uh, so with all the seasonal events being canceled, um, how do you see that impacting um, the, the Black travel for these regions um, right now? Um, you know, I think that... So we know that, you know, we're when, we, when it comes to black travel, we're not only just traveling for the carnivals, but I know that that is a big aspect of things. So mm -hmm. um, the fact that, you know, we may likely see many countries localize it to the regions. First, I want to say I agree with it um, as much as I hate the fact that that will exclude me also as someone who is <laughs> in the U.S., right? I agree with it. I agree with it because I feel like it's, it's more important for, especially when we think about the Caribbean region, right? They have done exceptionally well in, um, in controlling and isolating the virus and mm -hmm. keeping, you know, the cases low. And in some mm -hmm. places, you know, where there, there's zero active cases, and of course they want it to stay that way. I, um, I think it's really imperative for uh, public health to be put above profit. I, I to I'm totally for that. And in this regard, yes. <laughs> I just like <laughs> cannot stress yeah. that enough, right? It's not enough for me to say, well, I, I, I wanted to go be in my costume and things like that. I understand, I played math, I have played math my entire life. It <laughs> really pains me to, to miss you know, mass for this entire season, right? But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, if the shoe was on the other foot and I know that, 
you know, there is a, a, you know, people are coming from a country where there are so many cases and not enough testing, that kind of thing. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I don't want you to come and enjoy it, but I say I understand mm-hmm. the need to keep things local until this thing passes. I think that's critical, True. especially when we think about the health systems in many Caribbean countries. If there were to be such an influx of tourists and then this outbreak, many systems cannot handle and you hear the government say it, a different government say it over and over, they would not be able to handle that volume of sick people. And so for mm-hmm. me, I, I just wouldn't feel right putting that kind of burden on a Caribbean country just so I could go and have a good time. So True. I think, mm. and I think that's part of where like I kind of delineate from some people. I think throughout this whole pandemic, we can't just think of ourselves. We have to think about other people. And wow. that's like we that's have to, important. and we're not doing enough yeah. of that here in the states. And I think that's why we're seeing the cases spike so tremendously. And mm. so, as much as I I want to do that, um, you know, I agree with the fact that it should that you know it being local. And then to your point about affecting Black travel, I just think that Caribbean countries have to market to Caribbean people or to black travelers in a different way. It just, and this is something we've been talking about for so long, right? Can't just be see something saying, can't just be carnival. It needs to be something <laughs> more, right? Because right? um, there's so Come much on. more to, so much more to oh offer, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think now, now is the time to do that, right? What are those other connections that will draw black travelers to your destination and you know we have seen some countries do really well where they're able to highlight their indigenous you know communities or you know maybe see show the connections between the u.s and certain islands let's say for barbados for example or you know make that switch to show me a little bit more beyond the typical hey come and spend a week and then you're gone so right yeah Wow, wow. Melissa, that was that was a great point. And I, I, I love that you say it's so much more than sea, sea sun and sand, right? There's Indeed. so much more to the Caribbean because I'm going to keep people. I'm not selling St. Vincent and the Grundies. It's, it's, my, it's the land <laughs> of my birth. <laughs> so I understand okay. it, right? But <laughs> So I understand the cultural and cultural connection. But one of the things that a lot of people don't know about St. Vincent and the Grenadines is that the Garifuna culture. And these are things that, you know, I could see that the country and the region as a whole is just starting to hold on to these things. Let's talk about how we, we're going to connect the Garifuna back to St. Vincent and uh, back to St. Vincent to Africa. There's so much we can do. Exactly. But, right. Wow. Right. It's always been amazing to me that people, there's so many people I've met had no idea that St. Vincent and the Grenadines is the ancestral homeland of the Garifuna and that history there. And I think when you highlight those communities, which is critical and also mm-hmm. such, an ama- such amazing people, such amazing culture, that's mm-hmm. when you connect and, and to, to more Black travelers where you, and then also to make Black travelers feel included, right? This is a connection to you, right? This is a connection yeah. here. This is how we, and this is how we care about you, right? Or these are your opportunities to connect with us beyond mm-hmm. staying here for five days. Maybe it's an investment. Maybe it's getting involved with these communities. I don't, you know, it's Come those on. kinds of things we've seen 
Uh, and then making me feel included, right? Making me feel yes. like there are experiences that are, are designed with me in mind or designed with Black travelers in mind. And sometimes, um, unfortunately, because uh, typically the like Caribbean travel model really caters to you know, white tourists, we don't see that. Mm. Um, we see we see a lot of things that, you know, cater to what those tourists may enjoy. And I'm not saying that their viewpoints and their likes are not valid. They definitely exactly. are. And we have mm -hmm. to cater to a diverse group. But mm -hmm. when you when you don't have that representation, let's say of the Gary Funa uh, in your tourism materials, I feel like you do a disservice to people that would be interested in that. And it doesn't matter wow. what their background is, but you do a mm -hmm. disservice to not only black travelers, but all travelers not to even know that, right? If that's the case, hmm. or you do wow. a disservice for uh, people who may go to another island and have no idea about this amazing history but you know we're able to go and enjoy the catamarans and the waterfalls, which are all great. But mm -hmm. I feel like where where is is the balance where you get a, a bit more, right? That enriching experience that will stand wow. out um, beyond oh, everywhere ha everywhere has beautiful beaches. Like it's the Caribbean. Come on, like it's <laughs> literally amazing, right? One yeah. of the most beautiful region in the world, in my opinion. So, um, but I think you do a disservice when you don't highlight those things that not only make it unique, but also can create connections for black travelers. And I think we have to start really paying more attention to that now that, you know, people not only are, or people not only are missing out on certain experiences like the carnivals and the music festivals, but are also calling on our travel and tourism boards to show them some more, right? Mm. And and to plan with them in mind that they want not only want to be represented they want to feel included um and also to be able to learn about them that they they haven't learned about before those historical connections we've been seeing on social media i mean people dropping gems and and stories and, and people are like i never knew that and this awakening we have of the of the diaspora that's been happening for a little while now it's like wow so if i know now that the Gary Funa and their history and that connection to Africa. And I'm like, oh, I want to go to St. Vincent's and learn more about that. You mm. know black people are going to jump on that. Like, exactly. why, why wouldn't, why wouldn't exactly. that be a thing? Of course that will be a thing. Of course wow. it will. Definitely. Wow. Now, can you give, before I even go to segue to the, the, the next question, can you give a little one to two sentences of what the Gary Funa um, Africans are all about? Just one or two sentences. Sure. So, you know, what has been, what has been so, so I was first introduced to, well, you said one or two sentences. So let me just scratch that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I was like, wait, that's going to be a whole story. I don't think I can do that in one or two sentences. So I don't think I'm going to do a good job with that. Cause I'm like, I need time for this. I need time for this. <laughs> that's, well, Asher, just for our audience who may be like, Gareth, they keep saying the word, but I don't know what's the history about. Can you give one or two sentences about uh, a little bit of where they're coming from, Ooh. like which African country? Well, we, we, we don't know exactly which country, um, but we do know that, you know, a lot of people who came to the Caribbean, they would, they would have either come from 
Nigeria, Ghana, because um, I, I, I would love to trace my um, background, but I, ha- I, I haven't as yet. But basically, you know, the story is that they, um, there's an es- uh, 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 overturned ship and there were escaped slaves that came to St. Vincent. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are different variations, but I've heard the story of escaped slaves who came to St. Vincent. But the British came, you know, they, 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 they fought against the Garifuna people. Um, Paramount Chief Joseph Chatelier, mm-hmm. um, they killed him, mm-hmm. they tricked him, they took away, they actually took away, like they tricked him and the people because St. Vincent was actually well protected by the Garifuna people. Um, and so basically the British tricked, um, the people and they killed Chatelier. Um, then after all of that, they exiled, um, the people to an island off of the coast of St. Vincent, one of the islands within the 32 island and case that, um, Melissa mentioned called Balasso mm-hmm. and they exiled them to Balasso. Um, and after they exiled them to Balasso, then those, so they were basically in prison on Balasso. And then they went to um, Central America, so Belize, Honduras. Um, and that's where you find a lot of the Garifuna people now because Correct. they left St. Vincent to Central America. Didn't I tell you that couldn't be one to two sentences? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is just not going to work out. I cannot give you two sentences. I History is hard with one to two sentences, eh? <laughs> but this, this is very important. This is the, this is the thing that is different from carnival and, and party and of course there's a time for that but there's a, also a greater need to understand where we're coming from and why we're here why we adopt certain cultures and why we have similarities um a lot of the african countries pitch on that that's why a lot of them went back to uh the the year of the return last year because they want to feel uh, a, a more connection with their travel uh, that's the cry right now. They don't feel like they belong where they are. And that's why all these movements are going along because they just don't feel like they matter where they are. So they end up going back. And a lot of the African countries are promoting a lot of opportunities where those of that diaspora um, can come back and build or come back and tour or teach or educate. Um, so do you feel that uh, Melissa, there's an adequate promotion on the business and investment opportunities right now in the Caribbean islands. So that's a great question. So I, I can't speak, um, you know, across the board on this question. I can say that I have seen places like Jamaica um, actually kind of like market that to their diaspora. Um, mm. But I would say on a on a wider scale, I can't really say that there is widespread promotion of investment opportunities for like your everyday person um, or maybe in the diaspora sense. So I think that expanding that is going to be a new model for tourism. And when I say invest, I don't necessarily just mean like, oh, you need to go invest in a hotel property. property. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's investing or partnering with a small business. Maybe it's investing mm. in a local event. You know, maybe mm. it's, it's those kinds of exchanges that we're starting to see happen with a lot of entrepreneurs in the US um, and in West Africa, which has mm. been really great to see. Um, mm. Additionally, I think that you know, we can use Barbados as an example. They, you know, literally just launched their welcome stamp 12 months, 
you know, <laughs> visa program where you can wow. apply and, you know, go and live. And if you, if you, you know, qualify, you can go and live in Barbados and work remotely for up to 12 months, right? With, of course, some stipulation. They're smart. It's very, very smart, smart because mm-hmm. the normal tourism model of, you know, somebody coming and saying, let's say they spend seven to nine days is just not going to cut it in terms of getting the Caribbean region back on track in recovery from COVID-19. I mean, this has been devastating across the globe. But if you think about a region like the Caribbean that's mm-hmm. so dependent on tourism, that that seven to nine day model is just is, is going to be very difficult to get those numbers back up. So I think mm-hmm. Barbados is smart in offering in not only offering this option, because one, you'll have someone there for 12 months is going to be regularly contributing to the local economy. Mm-hmm. We'll be living there. We'll be paying for things, has to make a certain amount a year and, and prove that they're working remotely. But then of mm. course you get charged a fee. So the fee for Barbados to, when you apply for this is $2,000 US, oh, US wow. dollars mm-hmm. for an individual and for a family bundle, it's about three, $3,000. So I think that seeing this kind of model is going to be one of the new models that we see, um, you know, in different countries where it's not just that seven to nine days that you're spending on a, in a country. It's hey, how can you stay here for an extended amount of time and contribute to our economy um, mm. and invest that way? So not just your thought of typical investment, um, but investing in other ways like this, because that's an investment in a community for up to a year because you're spending your, your dollars there regularly, if you do that. Wow, wow. And wow, wow that's, that's good. Um, I guess what, following that, what are two things that you can say to tourism board heads in the Caribbean um, regarding travel um, that could help promote inclusivity um, for Blacks globally? Okay, I really thank you for that question. And I think especially in the time that we're in where we're seeing the so, so many shifts across industries, it's critical mm-hmm. for travel and tourism, particularly in the Caribbean, to change the model and change that marketing model, mm-hmm. which has historically been very um, white-centric and focused on white tourists. And wow. it's not to say that they're their likes, their wants, their needs as travelers are not important. They definitely are. But for Mm -hmm. a long time, the marketing materials, the brochures, the commercials have catered to that audience and that audience only. So we need to see the diversity of the region reflected in those materials. We need to see Black people reflected in those materials more Mm. regularly, not just as your your server, but as the, the people that are enjoying the vacation right not only as the people in the carnival costumes but the people who are there enjoying that expensive Mm -hmm. you know catamaran ride to whatever island you know like the we because we travel too we travel every single day we spend our money and our dollars and i think it's really important i mean it's it's essential that tourism boards ensure that we not only see ourselves, but we also feel that inclusivity in the in the kinds of experiences that are offered that help us to connect to the diaspora. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, the diaspora has had an awakening unlike any other. I think it's critical for tourism boards, particularly in the Caribbean, to tap into the power of the Black diaspora. 
Mm. Um, I think not only in, you know, changing the way that we market, because a lot of times or for historically, the marketing has been centered around the white tourists and mm -hmm. their opinions and their needs as tourists matter. Yes, they, they definitely do. But we have excluded black travelers for a really long time. And that exclusion is seen from the brochures to the commercials, and then even down to the activities and the experiences or the things that are promoted. And so mm -hmm. to create that connection, I think it's really critical tourism boards to look at the ways that your indigenous groups, that your local artists, vendors, local business people, how can that speak to the black diaspora? What connections can you draw to that businessman who would, would draw interest from someone who would want to invest or do business or have an event or collaborate? And I think tapping into that power of the diaspora will definitely be and result in significant change in terms of how black travelers look at the Caribbean and seeing those numbers go from only, let's say, carnival and music festivals to mm -hmm. other parts of the, you know, other parts of the year and, you know, down that calendar, which is really important. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that, Melissa. Ooh. After you made that point about um, market to us, I remember to, actually today I was looking through um, one of the Sandals website and um the point you made about they how they show us as the servers, that's what I saw throughout the website. And I wasn't looking at many others, but look, just looking at that one alone, I saw they had a black man as a, as, as a bartender or server. There was none of us who were being served. Um, mm. you know, they could have a black man serving a black man, uh, but they didn't have any of that, right? Or a black man serving a black woman. But they simply had, you know, a black man, a bartender serving, you know, a white clientele and everybody. So the, everybody else were basically serving a white clientele. And I think I thought that was problematic. So, yeah, that just when when, I, when you said that, that just ran through my mind. Um, great point. Great I, point. I appreciate it. And I just just to add to that. I think it's really mm -hmm. crucial, right, that we are not just seen as the, the people who serve or the people who help <laughs> someone enjoy their experience, but we vacation too. We we are in these spaces. Like we take, we, we go to, too. right, we go to Sandals, <laughs> we go to all these places, you know, so mm -hmm. we, we should see that reflected as well. Wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy how this pandemic kind of center us to kind of focus on the, what, is most important which is the health but also like our identity like mm. what is truly important when our lives are on the line mm -hmm. like what are we willing to fight for that's the that's the thing that we live for like yeah like we shouldn't be at 2020 only getting posts of hey i'm gonna be more diverse in my staff and all that and that's fine and dandy but like melissa said like but your marketing is still marketing towards a, a white-centric idealism, which is what we're trying to dismantle. So mm -hmm. it's not only just the system, but it's the traveling industry. It's all the systems that are in place that were catering to more white-centric, but now it's towards more of the locals, more of those who want to seek their own history and to have a pause and have conversations about it. Wow. You're right. You're right. Wow. Wow. This was heavy. This was a good conversation. 
Uh, we have a whole lot more that we could really touch on, but we are crunched for time. <laughs> we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap this entire conversation up with Melissa. Um, so stay tuned. back yeah. welcome back to young black travelers chrisanne is here and thank you if you stick this far thank you so much this was a heavy conversation but it was well needed and mm. melissa went through a lot of points just a lot of points we went over um how the pandemic affected all the events and how she she praises certain decisions that were made by the islands but also how the Caribbean needs to be held accountable from the, the, the resorts, uh, the way that they have opportunities displayed, the marketing. We went through so many different points A lot. that you need to rewind <laughs> and re-listen. Go back. <laughs> Wheel back and come again. Uh, it's a lot to recap. So I do encourage have a conversation with people. Just sit down with them. Let's discuss all the things that we talked about in this podcast and share with your friends as well. Uh, just want to make a special shout out to Nature Sweet Escapes. It's one word um, and it's on Instagram. So uh, this person is named Doreen Lillian Scarlett. That's on her website, naturesweetescapes.com. Uh, but short name is Lily. She's a female Jamaican local. And we're going to shout her out. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> Oh, now, now Jamaica got a boop, boop, boop. Irie, but Irie. Oh, my God. But Listen, a- you get to Bly. You get to Bly. It's all good. <laughs> oh, now, now people want to be Jamaican. Does, you see how it goes? But that's all right. Jamaica forever. But uh, she is. Always. Jamaica, we love you. Always. Always. Uh, she's a local, but she's also a content creator who shares a love for her country. Like, I love the country, Jamaica. Uh, through her eyes, it shows just the natural beauty of Jamaica. If you ever look at her Instagram page, it is beautiful. It's just a lot of green scenery. Um, so check her out. Shout out to you. Um, shout out. Shout out. Much love. I'll be checking that out for sure. Definitely, mm-hmm. girl. Um, so just one last question from me. Which island in the Caribbean do you think does a, a better job at promoting and attracting Black Travers at this point? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> um, I would say that one that sticks out for me, um, or two, uh, let, let me name two. So um, mm. I'll start at, I'll start where we are, right? So we have our US territory of the, the US Virgin Islands. I mm. think that they do an excellent job of um, sh- showcasing one and connecting the dots in terms of the historical aspects of, you know, of the black experience there on the islands of St. Croix, St. Thomas and St. John. So you can Mm. go there and kind of, and and trace your ancestry and learn about different things. And I love how they really do a great job of, of connecting those dots uh, for a lot of people and showing them that there's so much history there. I think that Barbados also does a, a great job as well. 
uh, they really have been focusing in, in the last three or four years um, from what I've seen on genealogy tourism so that people can connect to their Bayesian ancestry um, and mm. heritage and then also showing the connections between uh, Barbados in the U.S. You know, knowing that a lot of the first, um, some of the first governors of of places like North and South Carolina, you know, actually mm. came from Barbados. And, wow. um, and then also showing those connections that we have through food culture, which I think has also been really, really important. So those are two that stick out there. I know there are definitely other countries that are, are doing a good job at this, but I think those ones have definitely stuck out to me. Wow, wow, thank you Congratulations for that. to those two islands. Woo! Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't even know about, a lot about those two doing a lot of those work, but those sound like really powerful um, thing for them to do. Um, Absolutely, wow, needed. wow. Kudos to Barbados and kudos to the kudos. U.S. Virgin Islands. You guys get our star of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> island shout out island highlight (laughs) (laughs) all right i guess melissa the last question for you is if there's afro nation in ghana this year are you going (laughs) oh you know that is a great question (laughs) um i would have to say that i'm being really really careful about travel right now Mm -hmm. and i would so that's a decision that i don't know that i could answer unless i can kind of see the changes that are taking place, right? I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm more concerned about what's happening here stateside in terms of the fact that things are just really- Messed up. In a, yeah, they're really bad right now. Um, so mm-hmm. I just don't know if I feel comfortable. My thing is to always, always keep, think about my, you know, my fellow man, right? So mm-hmm. yes, Ghana may be in a space where they can do that, but should I be doing that right now? Should I be traveling right now? Or do I need to just like, you know, hold down the fort at home, do what I could do from afar, and then, you know, pick it up again next year. So I'm still trying to figure that out. Wow, that's a good point. Thank you. Mm. And that's an honest answer. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I thank you for joining us on this episode of the Young Black Travelers podcast. Thank before, you. Yeah, before we go, Woo-hoo. just share your social media info with our listeners so they can connect with you. Yes, of course. So check me out live from Melissa on Instagram. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can check out my work at melissanoelreports.com. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-N-O-E-L reports.com. Cool, cool. Thank you so much again for joining this episode. And guys, check her out. She is amazing. She's dope. Does amazing reporting. Thank you. Um, Absolutely. Go check her out. Um, Check us out too. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, they're listening, so I'm hoping they have checked us out. Well, you check Mm, us out here on the podcast, but also check us out on Instagram, Young Black Travelers blog. That uh, is check true. us out on Facebook, Young Black Travelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter, Young Black Travelers. And in case you want to read a little bit more about other different stories, you can check us out at youngblacktravelers.com. All the blogs, blogcasts are all there. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why we have a marketer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to do my job. <laughs> yes. But Melissa, thank you again for joining today. We truly appreciate this conversation. And honestly, I think we kept the Caribbean accountable on this one. Do you think? 
I think we did. And I think it's all, of course, from a place of love, but because we're passionate and we love this region. This is our mm -hmm. region. We're from it. Um, yes. And we want to see it continue to thrive and to grow, um, especially when it comes to, you know, the fact that so many of the countries are majority black countries. We need to be reflected. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Pull up. 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 Show those receipts. <laughs> We're going to be looking for them from sandals. Oh, man. <laughs> I think yes. a lot of people are. <laughs> so, guys, thank you again for listening. And until the next episode, take care. Take care, guys. Bye.